Hello, you're listening to Yarns from the Plain, a podcast for knitters, crocheters, and anyone who loves to play with yarn. Hello, and welcome to episode 96 of Yarns from the Plain, Redivivus Revisited. It's been a very, very long time, and I do actually have a full schedule planned over the next few months. But I thought I would actually just take a chance to have a quick out-of-schedule catch-up with everything that's happened since I spoke to you last in April of 2016. It's, it really is that long ago. <laughs> so um, those of you who have come to say hello to me at shows the last 18 months um just naming two off the top of my head i can think of uh, gina from sheffield with the fabulous um skull knitting tattoo and amanda who came to see me at yarndale a couple of weeks ago thank you very much it, it is lovely when you do still mention it and it is that keep that prompt that keeps making me want to actually sort it out so this episode is particularly dedicated to you and to everyone else, but I can't remember anyone else's names, I'm afraid, but I can remember yours. So, last time I spoke to you, April 2016, what's happened since then? Well, at that point I was about halfway through college, and I have now finished. Ta-da! I have an HNC in Contemporary Constructed Textiles, with a pass at merit level, so um, I'm really pleased. We had to do six projects as part of it, and... I've de- done quite a detailed sort of evaluation of those projects over on my textiles website. I had to set up a, a blog as part of it, so I thought rather than actually set up a WordPress blog or anything else like that, I would set up a build a website with the view that at some point I will actually um, have some items on there to sell. So it's Nicola Rudd Textiles, so that is nicolaruddtextiles.co.uk and I've got a full blog over there so if you are interested in looking at the projects um, and the projects and everything else that came around from it and the summer shows there's lots and lots of detail over there. Um, Suffice to say it was an amazing experience uh, deeply frustrating at times highs and lows but I met an amazing group of women And we've gone on to form a a textile group, um, Common Threads, which we're looking at what we can do um, with our skills. We're all weavers or machine knitters and where we can take it forward in terms of exhibitions and things. I have been able to develop my my weaving, particularly um, due to the acquisition of a couple of looms. I had my little Katie, um, which is an eight-shaft tabletop um, sampling loom from Ashford. Um, last summer I picked up a second-hand Ashford um, four-shaft loom, which is just under 24 inches wide. So I've been doing some things on that recently and I was able to complete my final project, which is one of the reasons why I was able to develop such a complex um, fabric for my final project um, due to being very lucky to um, be able to have a Luet Magic Dobby um, with 24 shafts so it's a beautiful loom um, you program it with pegs but it's all done mechanically by hand so it's still hand weaving 
Um, and again, there's details of that on the, the blog over on the Nicola Wood Textiles website. But it, 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 it's done. So it's now a case. I've spent the last little while of trying to think, well, where do I go now in terms of um, developing my my practice, really, as a designer maker, you know, developing markets? Um, do I bring it in under the arms from the plain side? Do I develop it um, as a parallel site? So it's there's lots of things going on there that have uh, sort of kept me quite busy and occupied and trying to get my head around strategic planning which is not necessarily my biggest skill set uh tales from the hen house that was a little section we used to have wasn't it when i used to tell you all the funny things about the the chickens um not very many silly funny things about the cat at that point because obviously she was old and spent a lot of her time asleep well sadly um a couple of weeks after um my last podcast um, we lost Ziva, the lovely black hen. She had been our most consistent layer, and I think she just laid herself to exhaustion, God love her, and I found her on the nest box. Um, and it was sort of quite sad, um, you know, sort of, and that was sort of, you know, and she, the other hens did, I think, miss her. Licking and uh, Penny did seem to miss her for a bit. Um, and she was so good and and that was really sort of marked the end of our egg production we had a couple more eggs um, at the beginning of, of the May but then that was it we didn't have any more so the other two were basically freeloading um, in the November um, we suddenly realised that Penny really didn't look very well at all um, there's an avian vet um, quite close to us and we took her there and it turned out that she'd got kidney failure um, so we had to have her put down. Um, so that just left Lickin as the sole chicken. But she was quite, you know, she sort of was bobbling along quite well. Um, you know, seemed a bit lonely to start with. And we kept quite a close eye on her. But uh, she would come out and run to us still and, you know, liked a lot of human contact. Especially if that human contact was accompanied by grapes. Um, and to a lesser extent, cherry tomatoes. Um, so that was fine. Um, then in January, um, we just literally came back from New Year away and Stella basically just sort of stopped eating. Um, by then she would have been at least um, 20, if not 21. Um, and she had lost a little bit of weight, um, but she was still eating, but she was basically eating little bits and sleeping. And then she just, um, on the Wednesday, she just sort of just started to to not go and eat and she would go and um stand by the bowl and and sort of sniff it and have a go at it but not actually eat it and then uh, we tried her with some tuna and she actually even turned away from that so we began to think that maybe it was the end um on the you know i spoke to andy i was out on the saturday and we thought that maybe um he might need to you know make an appointment on the saturday morning at the vet's um, and then she perked up a bit on the Saturday afternoon because she had not moved. She'd taken over my chair and had not moved. Um, and we'd all sort of rearranged our seating arrangements um, to suit her. Um, but she sort of perked up a bit on the Saturday afternoon and went went upstairs and jumped up onto the chair in Andy's office. So we thought, oh, you know, maybe it's not so bad. But then um, it became very obvious on the, the Sunday night and the Monday morning that she just was um, fading. So... We took her through um, to the vet on the Monday and had her put down, which was, um, it was really sad. 
um, but it was also the right time. And it therefore wasn't the terrible shock it was. Those of you who have been listening right from the start remember it was a terrible shock, um, even though Lily was ill um, when we had to have her put down. So it was an easier process, possibly, um, for us, because we knew that she was failing fast and she was so old. Um, so that was that. Was that. Um, and we did, you know, sort of say, well, we, you know, we're not going to do anything about getting the cat for a little while. We just needed to sort of mourn her. But that did mean that actually the first time um, Andy went up to the northeast for work um, for the day was the first time I had ever been entirely alone in the house, which is very, very bizarre um, because we had the cats, the cats when we moved there. So that was really odd. That was the first time when you suddenly realise that's the first time you are ever completely alone. Um, in the house very very odd with no other living thing uh, and then in May this year um, uh, we lost Lickin um, very very suddenly in the fact that uh, she was got by a fox um, very early in the morning so in the space of 13 m- months we lost um, all three chickens and a cat which is all a bit sort of traumatic um, but in April we'd actually gone and got ourselves a new cat so we are not petless um he is a domestic short hair good old moggy black and white um a boy cat called jj now i have never had a boy cat before my cat when i was a child was a girl and obviously lily and stella girls um he was a boy cat he was a boy cat who had been loved all his life but just circumstances meant that it had to be rehomed um he hadn't been apparently um, he hadn't been castrated until he was um, taken into the cat's home the first time when he was about a year old. So he'd had a nice big flood of testosterone. So he's really quite tall and long. And boy, do boys have, boy cats have different personalities to girl cats. Oh, my. He manspreads everywhere. He lies on his back with his legs akimbo. So you can, you know, obviously trying to show his bits to everybody. Um, and, of course, is. 18 months old compared to a cat who's spent her last three years of her life pretending to be a cushion it's just he's into everything he's into absolutely everything um every loom in the house is a climbing frame or a cat hammock uh one of the two he's into absolutely everything um he's the first time i let him out i I took him out when we were we first were acclimatizing him to outside i'd take him out on a harness and walk him around the garden and make sure he was getting used to um licking because he would kind of like square up to her through the windows because it was like obviously that's a whopping great big chicken yes um but then um when they actually came nose to beak he was the one that was backed off um so we we saw, you know, took him around there, but then he managed to get out through a window just before the end of his sort of four weeks in the house to get used to where everything was. And he came in, we got him in, and that was fine. And I, so I decided later that day I would take him out again. He promptly went um, 10, 12 foot up a tree and then across three gardens and out of sight and didn't come back for an hour and a half. So he's got some kinders, this boy. <laughs> he's, he's really, he's into everything. Um and uh, including the fact that I was trying to do some hand paints. That's the first time I've done some hand paints um, with some yarn uh, for a long, long time. And he was obsessed with actually getting on the floor with me. And um, he didn't actually walk over it. 
I think it doesn't quite smell right. Um, but he was trying to, you know, he was pouring the cling film and getting the feel for that. So he will be the death of me. I adore him. Um, but he gives me a heart attack at least three times a week um, due to everything he's trying to do, you know, drinking out of the sink, which is fine. And it happens to be slight runoff of dye. No, no, you're not supposed to be drinking that. Um, uh, you know, hurling himself out of the small casement of the bedroom window. So there's a 10 foot drop out into the flat roof. Yes. Um, so it's all, it's all hijinks uh, with JJ, but he is, He's just hilarious. He is absolutely hilarious. So, um, so that's that's pets. It's a pet corner is pets corner is a little different now um, in our house. And I do miss the chickens and I miss having the eggs. Um, we did talk about getting some more, and I would quite like to get some more, but um, possibly now we've left it too late, really, this year. So we'll have to get some more next year. So, but we'll we'll see how we go. And then I thought I would finish up this round off um, with actually a, a sort of a quick survey of some finished items. Um, I thought, well, that won't take very long because I didn't do very much last year. Um, and actually then when I sort of looked back, I thought, oh, I actually have done more than I thought. Um, so I'm going to start with some crochet items. Um, when I spoke to you in um, April 16, I was working on a sample for one of the crochet kits um sigrin scarf which was a very colorful motif scarf using 15 colors of the stanley um merino which is um oh it's lovely it's so gorgeous and squishy um well i finished that and i love it i absolutely love it it's gorgeous um it's by um, agrarian artisan designs as are all the kits that that i've worked um i also did a couple of um a long line of granny circles done continuously um for a kit called the circle line and that uses the sport weight of the stanley um merino it's just again beautifully nice and squishy but they're all dyed in um the line of colors that were inspired by um outlander characters um so they're kind of they're a bit darker i did quite a little bit of experimenting with over dyeing with black and i really do quite like the effect of it um i've also crocheted two versions of the autumn beaches scarf which was the scarf that was on the front cover of um inside crochet a couple of years ago um that valerie from a grain artisan designs um used one of my mobbly DK weights for so we reworked it um, for a single colour version and a two colour version so I did those one in a red um, strawberry and one in a purple and green combination so green gauge and purple emperor in the uh, mobbly DK and that's really nice I really like that one and then the final one was a really really simple pattern called fruitilicious there are two colourways One's pinks and purples, berry colours, and um, that's the one that Valerie made when she was actually doing the design, um, which is based on a linen stitch. And then I did the citrus colour one, which is in a yellow, a green, and a blue. And uh, that's called Fruitilicious. It's a very simple scarf made in the Mobbly Aran. Um, so 
it's, you know, a lot of crocheting going on there. One, two, three, four, five, six crochet scarves um, that were all the samples. Um, didn't really do much knitting during the, the first half of the year. Um, the old Pond Street never really moved much further forward, so we're sort of stuck on that. But in the lesser half of the year, um, did a few things. I did um, uh, a hat in Mobbly Aaron Mountain Mist um, called A Hat Fit for a Fella. Um, by Shana Shastine. So that's got um, big cables and a fold-up broom. It's supposed to be quite slouchy, but I actually, when I knitted it, I um, reduced the number of plain rounds at the end to make it slightly less slouchy. Um, didn't want it sort of quite so so slouchy. Um, then I had a run just before Christmas. Um, uh, using the Mobley Aaron in Mountain Mist again, I made a pair of dashings by Cheryl uh, Naomath. She made the fetching mitts years and years years ago, and these are, are also a pattern that's on Nitty. Um, but these were a more um, less feminine, more masculine design aimed at sort of men, if you wished. But obviously it didn't need to be. So I decided I was going to make them um, in the grave for my dad because he had a, just got a new motability scooter, or not new to him. And uh, he said his hands were a bit chilly. So I thought I'll make him some mitts. So I made these, but they're actually quite gauntlety uh, and they were quite long and they came almost up to, um, not quite to my elbow, but quite away. So I decided that they were probably too big for him, but they were rather delicious. So I decided I was going to keep them um, because, again, they had this lovely big cable. So I then made him a pair in Plumley from my bargain bin. Plumley is a um, singles DK weight and so uh, and they were dyed in brown so I reduced the number of times I did the pattern repeat on the the cable so that sort of his plumly so I think they're great I also made a pair of socks for mum using a new fairly new base um, one that's only just really gone into the the um, online shop actually it's only been in the shows in the last couple of shows it's Capes Thorn DK so that's 96% Falkland Merino and a 4% Diable Lurex. So it has a sparkle, but it's not a silver or gold sparkle. It sort of picks up the colour from the dye, so it's really interesting. So the pattern I used was um, Junebug Socks by uh, Jennifer Brooks Rice. And again, that has a cable in them. And I decided that Mum has a... I, I'd done a, a pair of socks for her a few years ago, um, and she doesn't wear socks out in her shoes so I thought I would do them as bed socks or house socks because she always has cold feet but she inadvertently managed to wash them in the washing machine so they shrug a little bit so she's been borrowing dad's socks that I made him out of good old regia or farble no I think it might be farble sock yarn um, so I decided I would make her a pair of these June bug socks so they've got a nice little cable up um, the front and again I made them in one of my um Outlander colourways in Dougal um, I quite like them I have to say I was sort of a bit reluctant to hand them over but I did and I could always make myself another pair can't I and then I did make something for myself just after I think I started it on New Year's Eve and finished um, in the new year was some boot toppers not something I ever thought I would make but they were um, they're, they're great. They're called Falling Leaves. They're by Fiona Hamilton McLaren and they've been published in Highland Knits, which is a great uh, knitting book that my husband got me for Christmas. Um, knits inspired by Outlander. 
there's a bit of a theme here, isn't there? Goodness me, how how embarrassing. Never mind, I don't care. Um, I like it, love the books, love the show. You know, currently enjoying season three on Amazon, so I'm quite happy. Anyway, these um, boot toppers are knit as a... Now, if I remember rightly, you knit the ribbing cuffs first and then as I think as as just a garter strip round I think and then you pick up and knit the top which is um, quite the common pattern um, falling leaves I, th- I have um, some socks in a very similar pattern a nice little lace pattern that makes a leaf pattern that folds over the top of your boots and I have a pair of uh, black ankle boots that um, I was wearing with some black um, skinny jeans and just these tucked in just meant the drafts kept out of my feet, which was really cool. So I never thought I would get make myself some boot toppers, but I actually wore them a lot over the winter. Really was quite sort of warmed up. I was on a bit of a black and white and red kick and I've done them in Mobbly Aaron in... Uh, lipstick I think which was a, a red so again lots um, lots in there I'm uh, it, I haven't got any mobile Aaron in the, the shop at the moment that's going to be in my next update um, which will be the um, coming up this I think it will be this coming Saturday the 14th will be when I do that update um, and I'll have some um, mobbly um, available there I've got some capes on in the shop at the moment um, but not any uh, mobbly and then the final thing that I knit which actually I say final thing I think it was probably um, the first of the Christmas knits I knit actually was um, a cowl and I made it by adapting Stephanie Pearl McPhee's one row hand spun scarf pattern to make um, a longish piece and then um, sewed it around so I, I used the the formula for making the pattern so it's a multiple of four um, stitches multiple of four plus two more stitches well I added a third extra stitch so that I had one that I could actually use for the seam and I then um, sewed it together and I made it out of some hand spun and it's not my hand spun it was um, hand spun that my friend Gemma, when she came and helped me on the British Wool Show stand last year, um, she came and worked the stand with me in uh, uh, the whole weekend in August. I taught her how to spin using one of my Dizzy Sheep spinners, and she was very concerned that it wasn't consistent and it was thick and thin in places. And I kept saying, you know, those of us who've been spinning for a long time get very annoyed that we can't do thick and thin so get over yourself um anyway she um spun all the singles over the weekend and then I took it home and I applied it for her and it stayed on the stand for the rest of the year as an example of what you could do with the dizzy spinner um as a beginning spinner rather than um, being put off by having something quite fine uh, and quite consistent which is my spinning is more like that Anyway, she was really quite keen to use it and I thought it was a bit unfair to, to not use it. So I knitted it into this cowl for her and gave it to her as Chris, for Christmas. It's quite good, isn't it? Make yourself a present and, and get yourself a present of something you've made. But never mind, she's a game girl. And uh, she's very kindly lent it to me over the season again so that I've got it um, on the stand again as an example of what you can do with 
um, hand spun spun on the dizzy sheep um, and that as a beginner spinner you do not have to come up with something perfect and it is still usable um, it's called the ginger balls cow um, the <laughs> it's spun with cheviot um, in kernel mustard um, but um, Gemma sort of promptly said oh look ginger balls when she made it so it had to become the ginger balls cow um, which is terrible of me really isn't it but uh, but it did make me laugh anyway that's um, not everything I have made since um, the last time I spoke to you but it's certainly the things that I made last year and um, uh, as well as several um, I crocheted several snowflakes um, which didn't make it onto the Ravelry page um, by um, Valerie Agrarian Artisan Designs but they didn't make it onto the Ravelry page so um, but if you just search Ravelry for snowflakes um, she's got quite a few in there and I think I made one or two of every one but that that's it really I just wanted to sort of get this as an update because I had a feeling it might sort of be pushing towards the half hour slot and I didn't really want to take that because what I've got to talk about in the next episode I've got at least about that much again so I didn't really want to push the first one too um, heavy and also it gave me an opportunity to see if I could remember one how to record it and two how to edit it and three how to upload it to uh, Podbean Um, if you are hearing this it means I've sorted that all out Um, I can't say if you're not hearing this, it means I haven't, because you'll never hear it. So that doesn't make any sense. But, (laughs) we joke slightly. Um, The idea is that I'm now sort of looking at, I've got a schedule out for the rest of the year um, of where I'm going to um, put the podcast out. And um, I've planned out a structure for it as well. Get me. Yeah, the girl who doesn't plan sorted it out so um look out for the next episode around about the 14th of october and um until then take care and keep well and i'll speak to you soon bye you've been listening to yarns from the plane show notes and links can be found on the podcast page at yarnsfromtheplane.co.uk If you'd like to contact the show, you can leave a comment over there, on the Ravelry group, where I'm Tales from the Plain, or on the Yarns from the Plain Facebook page. You can email me at yarnsfromtheplain at googlemail.com. You can also find me on Instagram as Yarns from the Plain and Twitter as Yarns from Plain. Until next time, take care.